part of that on the estate planning side is, hey, look, everything works today. We got all the income that we need. It's tax efficient. We've got health care covered. Now let's talk about the what ifs. What if one of you don't wake up tomorrow? How does that change the plan? There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Retirement Success Blueprint. Thanks for tuning into our podcast as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with Michael Stewart, founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. What's going on, my friend? How are you this week? I'm well, Mark. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. How's your summer? Still cruising along okay? Uh, It is. Every day is a day closer to the end, though. (laughs) The end of summer, right? (laughs) It applies in so many ways. The end of something. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, I got a news conversation for you. I want to kick things off with this week. Got a great show lined up for our listeners, so we'll dive in and tackle it. But I don't know if you saw this or not. A recent poll said 72% of Americans say that they'll prioritize their financial planning uh, strategies or situations once the pandemic is over. Now, that's kind of twofold. When would that be? You know, And secondly, what percentage do you think people of that 72% actually would follow through with that? If I had to pull out my abacus and figure it out, I would say 0%. <laughs> uh, and in my 20 years experience as an advisor, uh, it's life gets in the way. Right. So when I have the opportunity to speak at financial education events across the country, I always offer the attendees. So anybody that's, you know, set aside an hour to come to one of our educational events, I always end it and say, you know, you've taken an hour out of your time today, you know, to get all the high level stuff. But, you know, your situation is unique and you have specific questions that you want answered, whether it's investments, taxes, what have you. I'm willing to set aside an hour of my time to make sure that you're on the right path, that you've got a roadmap to how you need to be successful, whether we ever work together or not thereafter. You know, if we just shake hands and part friends, that's fine, as long as you get your questions answered. But what happens is I say, but you gotta do it in the next two weeks. And they'll say, well, what's the big rush in two weeks? You know, we're gonna get around to it, just like, you know, 72% of Americans right. post pandemic. They could do it today, but no, we're gonna wait till after the pandemic. And I tell them that, because the reason I make it in two weeks isn't that I'm not going to be here in two weeks, but what happens is in about 24 hours, you've probably forgotten half of what we talked about tonight, including the fact that you're motivated, you're here. Mm. In about a week, you've probably lost about 75% of the information and life's starting to happen. And if we get about two weeks out, life's moved on, there's some new crisis, there's some new thing going on in your life and you're like, okay, you know, later I'll get around to it. And then you come, you know, come back to one of our events a year later and say, we're really serious this time. Yeah. You know, and then a year later goes. So, you know, I think 0% are actually going to do it. Those that are motivated, those that truly want to make good financial decisions in their life, especially in light of what's going on in the world and have a little bit of uncertainty, want to make sure they're going to be okay. Though all of those they're going to take action now. They're going to want to come in. They're going to want to you know, meet with an advisor or a fiduciary who has their best interest and say, I need to put a plan together because I need to make sure I'm on track. Those that are going to wait till after the pandemic, they're never going to get it done. Yeah. Well, you know, there's typically two kinds of people in those types of situations, right? There's those that are motivated by an event such as, you know, the pandemic, and there's others that are fearful and therefore they just want to sit back and, and wait and watch and see how it goes. And it's understandable having, you know, whatever side you fall on. 
But as humans, that is our, that is our human nature, just to kind of procrastinate and put things off. Like you said, little things, if it wasn't the pandemic, it'd be something else, right? Oh, the water heater's acting up, or I need to this, or I need to that, or whatever the case is. You know, got it was a busy week or something like that. So there's always a reason why we kind of procrastinate. So I definitely agree with you on that. You know, people tend to, once they kind of get it out of sight, it definitely out of mind, right? Those things kind of happen. So uh, reach out, let Mike know if you've got questions now, if you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking, I do need to take some action. You know, I've been sitting around thinking I need to do something pandemic or not. Give them a call at 815-526-3092. All right, let's hit our main topic this week. And unfortunately, it's not the most pleasant one, but it's something we do have to have a conversation around, Michael, and that's the difficulty of financial planning after the loss of a loved one. Obviously, there's the emotional factors that's going on. There's all those things that happen when we lose a spouse, and it is inevitability. It is going to happen to us all, and we do have to deal with some of the financial sides of things. Now, hopefully, you've had some of these things set up in ahead of time by working with an advisor, but there's still questions and some things that have choices have to be made and so on and so forth. So even though it's difficult to discuss, proper planning can really help us transition this much easier than it might have been. So I got a few main things here. I just want to ask you to get your take on some of this. When a new client comes to you, man or woman, right after losing a spouse, what is typically the highest, uh, the concern factor? Let's try to keep the, we know the emotion stuff is there. So we'll try to look at this purely from a financial side. What is typically the, the number one concern? Yeah, Mark, I'm, I'm happy you kind of phrased the way that it said when a new client comes in, because okay. an, an existing client, because of the way our practice is built, and for most of our clients that have gone through our financial planning process, we already have the estate planning in place. Right. So, you know, whether it's a spouse passes away or the second parent passes away, you know, basically they've already told the kids or, you know, the other spouse saying, hey, something happens, go see Mike, because he knows where the investments are. He knows that the estate planning, he mm-hmm. knows the tax ramifications, you know, so that's for an existing client. But your question was specific to new clients. So typically they are kind of frozen and, and, and not just emotionally, but they're overwhelmed because they really don't know where to start. You know, so th- there's this emotional side of it. And then on the other side, there's this, who do I call? What do I do? What's the impact that this is going to make on me financially going forward? And if they haven't actually had that conversation with an advisor or kind of walked through everything, you know, what we provide, and we provide kind of a checklist, you know, we kind of hold their hands through the process. And even if they're not going to become a financial planning client of ours, you know, if they just came from our tax practice or so, so we'll, we'll give a checklist, say, you know, here's the 10 or 15 things that you need to do given your situation. If you need your help, we'll help walk you through that and kind of guide you. So, you know, whether they ever become a client or not, it's really, I think it's kind of our, our moral and ethical obligation to make sure that they're making good choices and that they understand what that path looks like for how they have to settle everything. Well, when one spouse passes away, obviously there, again, there are immediate challenges for the remaining spouse that's left to deal with. What are a couple of things? Can you just bullet point a few items for us that do come across? Yeah. One of the biggest surprises, once again, this is for somebody that hasn't kind of walked through this with, you know, an an advisor is that there's an immediate loss of income. So we're assuming that they're retired at this case. So, or even if they're, even, even if they're not, so there's the loss of wages if somebody was still working, you know, so how do, how do we deal with that if we don't have life insurance or something in place? Uh, if they were retired, let's say they're both retired, been retired for five, 10 years. When one spouse passes, the lower of the two social securities goes away. And then now only the higher one sticks. So it's great that the higher one sticks, but can we still pay the bills given the fact that, you know, basically a good chunk of the income has gone away. Another thing, and we see it in our tax practice all the time, is you know typically you'd get the big standard deduction for a married couple, 
But once one of the spouses passes that following tax year, you have to file a single. And it's not only just filing a single, your standard deduction is less and your tax brackets are higher. So it's kind of a double whammy. You know, another thing is you've got to take a look at, you know, and this is once the dust settles a little bit, is do you need to make some adjustments to your estate planning documents? So before all of your documents said, you know, your living spouse at the time was your power of attorney for health care and financial matters. They were the beneficiaries on all your accounts. Now all that's changed. So do you need to make adjustments to some of the documents that you have in place? So in, in, in a big thing, I'd say probably one of the biggest, and sometimes it's the husband, sometimes it's the wife. But typically in my experience the last 20 years is you've had where, you know, although they all make joint decisions, one person on the financial side, one person tends to gravitate towards managing the money, managing the investments, being involved with various advisors, be it CPAs or, or financial planners. And the other spouse is just, you know, happy to be hands off. Not that they don't know what's going on, but they're hands off. And now for the first time in their life, they've got to start kind of, you know, getting their arms around all these things. And it can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah. And there's so many pieces in that. You know, the one that sticks out to me a lot uh, that I think we just don't, we don't think about is the tax situation because, you know, maybe we've been married 30, 40 years or, or more or whatever. And you're so used to filing jointly and all that kind of stuff and not realizing that it kicks you down or higher, I guess, kicks you up if you will, if you want to look at it that way, uh, is one I think probably catches a lot of people off guard. Am I, am I right there? Or am I off on that one? No, you're 100% correct. Cause what happens is your deductions go down as far as, you know, say standard deduction, instead of getting 26,000, you can only get 13,000 off your income. So that automatically cut that in half. And a single taxpayer's tax brackets start at a higher level than a married couple's do. So it's a, yeah, it's a double whammy from a tax hit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, a lot of these things, they're not fun, not you know something we want to do. And if you're already a client of Michael's, as we talked about, a lot of this stuff has already been, you know, and working with any advisor, usually, hopefully, if part of that is estate planning and legacy planning and so on and so forth, a lot of these boxes get checked. But for many folks, having the conversation itself and just getting that ball rolling in that vein is, is not pleasant, it's not fun, but it's something we need to do. Can you share with us maybe a, a situation, Mike, where uh, a widowed spouse was left in a difficult position because of poor planning. You kind of touched on the fact that often it's one side of the couple, be it man or woman, that tends to excel in that area and says, well, I'll handle most of that. And then they end up being, you know, Murphy's Law, they end up being the one that passes usually first and the other one's kind of left behind the eight ball, things like that. No, absolutely. I, my, my heart breaks for for the example that I'll give you here. It was somebody that came in, it was a couple that was in our tax practice. So they had long been retired, you know, they were in their 70s, they'd been long been retired before they even became tax clients of ours. They didn't have a lot of savings or other resources on the investment side, so they never really became a financial planning client, but they just utilized us for, you know, good tax preparation. But he was retired military, he had a $40,000 a year solid military pension, and between the two of them, he, his social security benefit was $1,500 a month, so that's about $18,000 a year. And his wife's, she had never worked outside of the house. She stayed home, raised the kids. So her social security benefit was half of his. So that's seven fifty, you know, or about another nine thousand dollars. So between them, they really had about sixty-five thousand ish of income, and that was plenty for them. You know, that was more than they ever needed in retirement. They didn't have any real big obligations or anything. Well, unfortunately, he got cancer, pancreatic, came kind of quick, and then he passed away last year. What we found out when we were helping her kind of settle the estate and you know do the final tax returns and that was when he retired, he had choices on his pension. 
One of those choices was he could take a life-only pension, which you get the most income every year, but it ends when you do. Or you could take a, a life pension with a survivor benefit, so where maybe your spouse gets 50% or 75%. So you get a little bit less every month, but in, in exchange, if you were to pass first, the person with the pension, then what happens is your spouse continues to not only get Social Security, but also some of the pension. Well, he chose the life-only benefit because they could really use that money. Well, unfortunately, she's 75 now. The pension went away when he passed, so she lost $40,000 of income. And as we discussed earlier, Social Security, the lower of the two Social Securities goes away, so she lost that 9000 now she does get to bump up to his social security. So now her social security benefit is $18,000, but that is the only income she has coming in. She's 75 wow. with, with physical reasons she can't go back to work. And they went from basically having about 65,000 plus of income to being down to 18,000. Wow. You know, so now she's gonna move back in with the kids and that, and it's all just because they never actually sat down with somebody and said, okay, Everything works today financially, but before I make some of these decisions, what happens if something happens to one of us? You know, that's a big part. The what ifs uh, is something that you need to know so you don't get kind of whipsawed like this. No, that's definitely, you know, sad to hear. And those situations do happen. And so, again, proper planning can hopefully help us get around some of these things. Well, let's end this conversation on more of a positive side of this chat, Mike. On the other hand uh, of what I just asked you, how about a situation where they were left in, you know, very solid or, or great shape because of good financial planning? Yeah, so a, a good example is a client I've been working with for about 15 years now. And uh, unfortunately, they had saved about $750,000. They, you know, have a modest lifestyle. They live on Social Security and take about 30000 out of their investments. So, you know, it's safe withdrawal rate. Everything's been humming along, you know, especially the past 15 years or so. And about five years ago, uh, the husband started showing signs of dementia. And it, at first, he needed some home health care. And then he needed some full, full-blown assisted living facility care for dementia. And, you know, he recently had passed away. Now, the cost of that facility was $90,000 a year. That was more than even what their income with their investments in Social Security would have been. And had we not put a long-term care policy in place, that would have just devastated their finances. It would have left the surviving spouse with little to nothing. But because we were proactive and as we were going through this, these what-ifs and said, hey, does it make sense to carve off a little bit of the portfolio to pay for a long-term care policy just in case one of you might need care, because statistically it says that you will, it wound up preserving the estate. So now the wife gets the husband's social security benefit and can still draw the same amount of income off of the investments. So you know, it's all about being proactive on your planning. I know it's not something everybody wants to talk about, but every time we put a retirement success blueprint, our financial planning process together, Part of that on the estate planning side is, hey, look, everything works today. We got all the income that we need. It's tax efficient. We've got health care covered. Now let's talk about the what ifs. What if one of you don't wake up tomorrow? How does that change the plan? And when you look at it from that perspective, that's how you make, doesn't matter if it's husband or wife, that's how you make sure that both parties are protected no matter what life throws your way. Yeah, that's a great point. Really good point to stop that particular section of the podcast on. So folks, again, you know, it's a tough conversation, but don't put it off. Have those chats with your financial advisor. If you're not working with a financial advisor, definitely reach out to Mike at 815-526-3092. Share the podcast as well. Uh, if you've come across this, we make it very easy for you to do multiple ways you can do that. Share it on Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever it is that you might be using. Make sure you subscribe to us 
as well. You can always go to his website, crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com for more information about him and the team and how to reach out to him and to subscribe to the podcast and just a lot of information there at the website. And while you're there, feel free to submit an email question to the show if you'd like to have us ask one here. We tend to take those from time to time. And of course, if you've got a specific question and you really want to have that chat, just reach out to him and have that conversation one-on-one. But if you'd like, you could again, you could submit it here to the show. And that's what we're going to finish up with this week with Cheryl. And where is Cheryl at? She's in Lake Forest. Forest. And she says, Mike, my husband wants to pay off either our house or our rental property just so that we'll have something paid off. We have enough money in our money market account to pay off one of them, but I'd prefer seeing a lot of money in that account just in case we need it for a rainy day type of scenario. Who's right? Who's wrong? <laughs> yeah, Cheryl, uh, you're, you're both right, uh, in all honesty. And, and I'll approach it kind of in, in kind of three quick little ways for you. The first thing is, you know, everybody wants to save for that rainy day. And in most instances, that rainy day never comes because you've been prepared for it. You know, it's the ones that aren't prepared where all of a sudden it, when it rains, it pours, it keeps coming through. So the first place that I would start for Cheryl, for you and your husband, would just sit down and, and I call it when we begin a financial planning process with someone, I say, okay, you've got X amount of resources. Doesn't matter if it's IRAs, 401ks, cash in the bank, none of that stuff. I just say, okay, what's your sleep at night number? And then you look at me kind of crazy. And I'm like, well, the sleep at night number is that you could just go look at the bank account and you know that, just like you alluded to, Cheryl, that you like seeing it there. So it almost doesn't matter what the rate of return is. All that's important is, and for some people that's 25,000, for some it's 50, for some it's 150,000. You know, I'm not gonna argue with that number, even if it doesn't make financial sense, at least initially. It's whatever makes you comfortable. That's how much needs to stay in the money market, in the bank, completely liquid, just so you feel comfortable going forward. Now, after you determine that, and I'm sure it sounds like that, you know, you've got substantially more than what you really need as a sleep at night number. Then you go back through and say, okay, well, if I were to pay off a rental property or our house or potentially even both, I want you to understand that that is a lateral move as far as your net worth. You're not giving up anything necessarily. So if you take $100,000 and you pay off that rental property, your net worth is the same because now it's equity within the rental property. It's not like you just went out and bought a boat and crashed the boat and it's gone. Or you went out on you know some you know six-month vacation uh, touring the world or so because at some point in the future we'll be able to do that again. So <laughs> it, it's, it's not money that's gone. It's just in a different asset. And if you truly did need it, you could get a line of credit against that equity and still have access to it if you had to. So, you know, so I don't want you to think of, it, of paying off something as a negative. In fact, it's a lateral move as far as you know, your actual net worth goes. So that's important to consider. The third thing is cash flow. We approach when we're doing a financial plan for clients is that how do we minimize our fixed expenses? Because if we knock out car loans, if we knock out mortgages, whether it's on rental properties or our main ones, our main residents, the key thing on that is that that's less income that we need in retirement, less taxable income we have to generate because we don't have this big burden of all these expenses that we got to cut checks to banks on a monthly basis. So by paying that off, not only does it give you a peace of mind and know that you've got paid off property, be it your primary residence or the rental, but you've also improved your cash flow. So if it's the rental property, you now get to keep those gains and that rent off the property instead of sending some of it back to the bank. The second thing is if you pay off your house, that's less money you got to put down towards a mortgage every, every single month. That means that improves your cash flow. Maybe you can save a little bit more towards retirement if that's necessary. So between sleep at night number 
It's a lateral move for net worth and improving your cash flow going into retirement to allow you to free up that money to do other things. You know, I think that's where Cheryl, you and your husband sit down and you say, okay, let's identify that sleep at night number. And then let's get with an advisor and actually be more strategic and tactical about the ways that we're going to implement, utilize our cash for your benefit. All right. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. Great question. And certainly really good information from Mike here. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit. And as always, Mike gets to wear multiple hats. So sometimes it's even marriage counseling hat (laughs) as you have to tell who's right, who's wrong. You got to love those questions when they come in. Well, that's going to do it for our podcast this week, folks. So again, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever platform you'd like to use. You can find them all uh, by simply going to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. There's a podcast page, or you can just search them out by searching Retirement Success Blueprint, the name of the show on whatever app you're using, and you can always find it that way. If you need help or you have uh, some questions you want to get some immediate response with, reach out to Michael and his team at 815-526-3092 before you take any action. That's always a wise idea. 815-526-3092. And that's going to do it this week for us here on the Retirement Success Blueprint Podcast. Mike, my friend, have yourself a great week. I'll talk to you in a couple more weeks. You take care of yourself, Mark, and hopefully uh, it'll be almost football season by the time we talk. Well, we'll see, right? Long way to go on some of that stuff. But we'll talk to you next time here on the show. Take care, folks. We'll see you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.